Welcome to week 15 of the Home Dogs Podcast. A very hurtful, a very sad week 15 of the Home Dogs Podcast. Mike, Mark, and Travis with you. Rough Sunday for us. I was saying to these guys, the worst gambling Sunday of my life, I think. It's up there. And uh, just some some brutal gut-punching losses. We had a chance to really make a move. I thought we made some great picks, which makes it even more frustrating. We made some dumb picks, but I, I thought we also made some really good ones that just didn't work out. And uh, we had some teams just fold in epic, epic proportions, not come through as they should. We went five and five overall. So uh, I think Trav even said at the end of the weekend, when you go five and five and that's heartbreaking, I think that means we're doing something well. But uh, it doesn't, doesn't make me feel any better at the end of the week because circuit contest, I'd say we're, we're probably out of it. We uh, went one and four in the circuit. So we're, we're 37, 32 and one there, but we're out of the top 1,000. I can't imagine us making any sort of run to get into the money. So maybe we, we focus our efforts towards a super contest where we're in 338th place with four weeks to go. So we're, we're in striking distance there, at least to to improve upon our all-time high. I think last year we finished like 161st. So four good weeks and we'll we'll be there. We're 38, 31, and one in the super contest. We went three and two this past week. Just to recap the, the gut-punching losses, we doubled on Cleveland. They were up 24 to nothing against the Ravens and and Huntley, who completes a miracle fourth down that, that's haunting me in my dreams. I, I think I tweeted it out from the Home Dogs account. Just uh, absolutely brutal. I can't believe he completed that pass. And of course, they lose by two. We had the Browns by three and two and a half, depending on which contest. But Trav, just what, what was that whole Cleveland-Baltimore game like for you? Because it seemed like we were just cruising to a nice, easy one o'clock slate and then bam. Yeah, both them and Dallas got out to, you know, hot starts and were up big. And then Dallas kind of let the football team climb back into it. Um, you know, capped off with that bizarre Dak pick six late in the game. But this the Browns one, I don't know if you guys agree, it just felt kind of inevitable. Like as the as the Ravens hang around in these games, they just they end up being closer. I mean, it's inexcusable against Huntley, who's you know, I mean, we've seen him in action before. He's nothing to write home about. So I don't know. I don't know what you do. I mean, the Browns are, you know, this is what they are. They're a better team than they have been in the past. But at the end of the day, they're just, I, I don't think they have what it takes to to get it over the hump. I mean, the fact they don't score in the second half is like absurd with that, you know, running game and that offensive line. I know it's kind of banged up, but you just got to find a way to put some more points on the board. So it, it was, it was horrible and it was very frustrating. And then, you know, to have, we just talked about it before too. have the bears and the giants, you know, who were, not really in their games, I'd say, but they both recovered onside kicks at the end and had a chance to backdoor. Um, you know, and Buffalo also had a chance to backdoor. So, you know, even though some of these games looked ugly from the start, you know, we ended up with shots at them and just didn't get even one across the finish line. So it was, it was frustrating. Yeah. I mean, Glennon and Fields, the, the team recovers an onside kick. All you got to do is go down and score a meaningless touchdown when the other team doesn't even freaking care and you throw an interception, both of them. Uh, as the game is expiring, just absolutely infuriating. And then Buffalo did get the backdoor cover. They forced overtime. They should have won the freaking game, but they didn't call that pass interference on Stefan Diggs, even though there were more penalties in that game than than just about anyone in the day. So that was super frustrating. And of course, somehow they give up a 60-yard touchdown in overtime. Uh, I mean, Mark, we love we love the Bills, I guess, for coming back, but at that, I wish they would have just gotten blown out, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty incredible. Uh, the two overtime games where we took the team that won the coin toss um, and were an underdog, uh, I think both plus three and a half. Um, so we just needed, uh, you know, one of the teams to kick a field goal. Uh, both lost by six. 
um, the, the Pats earlier the season against Dallas and then Buffalo last week uh, against the Bucks. Um, hard to explain. Um, seems just like really bad luck on our part. Um, going back to the the Huntley fourth and sixth throw, um, actually that was like a, a phenomenal throw and, and a phenomenal catch. Incredible. Um, it just it came out of nowhere. It just was not expecting that. Um, and that was totally gut wrenching, and it, it did feel an inevitable that they were going to go in the end zone after. Um, but yeah, just just an overall frustrating week. Yeah, your point on the overtime games is like when you when I hear you say it again. I know you mentioned it over the weekend, but like when I hear you say it out loud, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> h- how is that possible? Oh, God, what what was that defense? How do you give up that long of a touchdown? Like, just keep it in front of you. God, make them kick it. And like, <laughs> that, not, that, not. Go ahead. I was going to say that that linebacker just looks so slow, and you know, it, it's Brashad Perryman who's kind of journeyman, maybe has one or two years left in the league and just goes for 60 yards or whatever it was. Um, just crazy. It is crazy. Uh, so we're whatever. We're still alive. We're above 55%, I guess in each contest. So like, we're not terrible at this, but it's like, we get so many freaking close calls every week and we, and we deserve better this past week. Cause you know, we made an awful Carolina pick in the super contest, but Cleveland covers, we go four and one there. We're like really, probably in the top 200 with like within striking distance and then whatever we took some swings in the circa with the giants and bears but one of them could have given us a cover on that last possession and then the bills could have gotten their cover we at least deserved a three and two not a one and four now we're done there so whatever let's make some fun picks in, in the circuit contest for sure super contest maybe we can can pinpoint some of our our favorite bets and then maybe take some bigger swings the other way it's a really tough week there's COVID flying around who knows who's going to be ruled out between now and, and Sunday. We're taping this on Wednesday night. There's two games on Saturday to throw into the mix. There's no buys this week. There's a lot of games to go through. I think the lines are really hard. So I don't really know where to start. I guess let's start with the Thursday game to see if we want to get involved. It might be too risky to lock five games on Thursday afternoon this week, but KC minus three at, at Chargers. I don't know. I'd probably lean chargers but the the way i'm going right now that probably means we should go the other way so what do either you guys have a play on this one mark what about you uh i don't i don't have a play um i, I feel like with the covid stuff uh it's gonna be hard to lock in a thursday game uh let alone four others so um i, I don't really have much much to say yeah I, I agree i don't think that it's worth you know taking away the flexibility we have as the week goes on i mean it's going to be a fun game i think to watch it's meaningful and it's kind of it'll be interesting. I think watching this Chargers offense against the Kansas City defense right now. The last five games, I think Kansas City's given up 17, 7, 14, 9, 9, and 9. I guess that's six games. Um, it was interesting to me though that the, the Chargers were seven point road dogs in Kansas City in week three and one outright. Another three point home dog. So maybe you're getting a little bit of value there. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I just think it's hard for the Chargers to beat the Chiefs twice in a season, and then Chiefs nine and four, Chargers eight and five. If the Chargers win this, they're in the driver's seat to win the AFC yep. West. So I, I just find it hard to believe they're going to get it done as well as KC is playing. But but who knows? It should be a fun game. Hopefully, uh, no other guys get ruled out. I know Chargers are missing their left tackle, Rashawn Slater, who's an absolute beast, and I wish he was on the Giants. And then uh, <laughs> Chiefs are missing Chris Jones, so a lot of guys already out in that one. Uh, but Saturday. Uh, I do like some of the games and probably the best game of the week is Saturday night. Pat's Colts. I've gone back and forth on this myself, but 
it seems like the sharp bet is to take Indy minus two and a half. They've got a good rush D. They've got a good rushing offense. Seems like the recipe to maybe beat New England. Public's all over New England, but I'd still kind of come back to maybe wanting to take Bill here. I feel like the contest is going to think that it's a sharp play to take the Colts. So maybe, maybe I just get too much in my head about going, they think this and then we think that, whatever. But I still, I'm going to go with Bill at the end of the day. What did you think here, Mark? Uh, yeah, I keep going back and forth. Like I, I'm a little cautious um, taking them. I think the trends kind of lend themselves to taking Indy. 74% of the, the money is on Indy, but uh, under 50% of the bets are on Indy. Um, Bill Belichick, 13-9 against the spread off a of bye. Frank Reich, 2-0 and against the spread off a of bye. Mm. Um, before the, or sorry, the look headline before this week was pick them. So I'm kind of confused, like why this line shifted two and a half points in Indy's direction. I don't know if that's sharp money coming in or what, but, um, that gave me a little, little pause. Uh, but I I just don't see like how, like this Pat's defense, like doesn't, you know, take care of Wentz and, you know, they're they're very good against the run. Um, I don't know. It, It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, this feels like a mindfuck game. I mean, I agree. The trends are on indie. That feels like the side where if you want to be creative, you would go. But I think it's it's like flashing lights in front of everyone's face. I think this is going to be very popular in the contest. And I think people may be just overthinking it. Like, you know, you're you're looking at Wentz as a favorite over the number two DVOA team and the greatest coach of all time. That's a tough ask. I mean, as good as that running defense or the run, running offense is. And I think Reich's a very good coach. So I don't have a problem with that part of it. Um, but I still think just trusting Wentz in that situation is tough. Um, you know, Indy in their last five games has given up six, excuse me, New England in their last five games has given up six, seven, zero, 13, and 10 points. Um, I don't see Indy coming out and, you know, lighting the world on fire here uh, from an offensive perspective. So I, I think I'd like to take New England in the points, but it feels awfully square. So this may be like the, you know, the game we avoided last weekend, Arizona, um rams which just felt like a really fishy line this line feels a little fishy too so maybe we just stay away yeah and there were last week there were three games where the home team was favored by two and a half cleveland arizona and carolina we were on two of them and all three of them lost so yeah i'm not sure if that if that's a trend that's going to continue but it seems like it, it it's more often than not this year it's been sharper to take that short home i'm sorry take that sharp uh short road dog short road dog god i can't even talk tonight uh, <laughs> so maybe we take the Pats. I think you're right. I think Indy is going to be popular. So I think both sides will be popular. And another thing we discussed last week, it seems like these marquee games like just get really good two-way action on both sides. <laughs> so I don't know if that means we should avoid them all together or you know find the value in these in these crap games. There's some crap crap teams that I like that we'll get to later. I I, I don't know what the right answer is. You know, if you play the popular game and you're wrong, it really sucks. But obviously, if you play it and you're right, then a lot of people are wrong. So I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that on that game theory situation? Uh, n- not on the game theory, but I, I was just thinking, like, you know, if this was like a non-contest thing, I actually think uh, New England um, in like a teaser would be a good option. Yeah, um, I, I think just them at eight and a half. If you, if you do a six-point teaser, pair that with another game, um, I, I can't see them losing by by more than seven points. So uh, I, I don't know about the game theory. Okay. Uh, all right. So we'll put New England down. If we need a game, it's always good to go with Bill, and it's fun to have a game on Saturday night. So the other Saturday game is Raiders Browns. I don't know if we can get involved there, given Cleveland's COVID situation. 
I think it's Raiders by one and a half in the super contest. We'll see if there's more COVID guys tomorrow and if that line moves in the other contests. At the end of the day, like I kind of think the Raiders are going to blow it no matter what, just because I think this Passaccia is in a way over his head. He had a good first week and that was it. And they, they've been atrocious pretty much ever since he took over for Gruden aside from that one game. So I, I don't have any faith in them going on the road here in, in tough conditions and whatever. Browns still have their Chubb and Keenum and they have Donovan Peoples-Jones, our boy. So they won without Stefanski last year in the playoffs in Pittsburgh. Like who who says they can't do it again? Probably not worth getting involved, but I wasn't sure if either you guys like this one. What about you, Trev? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I agree with you. The Raiders have been you know, atrocious. They've lost, I think, five of their last six games. Um, I can live with Keenum. I mean, he's at least a professional quarterback, and they do have the running game. And I think the defense, while they, you know, didn't exactly stand up to Baltimore late in that game uh, on Sunday, I mean, I still like some of the pieces that they have. So, you know, pending updates with COVID and making sure this doesn't get any worse, I, I'd consider Cleveland. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm just so down on the Browns after last week. Uh, so the Browns have scored 17 or fewer offensive points in seven of their last eight games. They, they got a defensive touchdown last week, um, which makes last week even more gut-wrenching. Uh, I mean, the Browns only mustered 13 points against uh, an awful Lions defense a couple weeks ago. They, they beat Tim Boyle by three points. Um, I don't know. I, I I mean, the Raiders, three turnovers uh, last week. Uh, Can I? Three, three, sorry, go ahead. No, what do you think this line would be with with Baker? I actually don't think the quarterback matters. I feel like... So I don't either, but I wonder if the line would would be different. Because I agree with you. I think on the field, the quarterback doesn't matter. But I just don't know if the line... like like Otherwise, why is Cleveland getting points at home to the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying, well, I don't know. I have the full COVID West. I mean, I think it's pretty substantial. I know. Yeah, a I mean, it's, it's Lan- Lan- Jarvis Landry, right? Yeah. Hooper, Landry, Wills, Teller, and Baker, and Stefanski. But the defense seems like it's relatively intact, which is, and it's a good unit. So if they avoid that, like at least like taking that defense at home. But I mean, this line opened at Cleveland by six and a half on Sunday afternoon, even right after they blew that game. Or I guess they won. It's hard to believe that they won on Sunday. <laughs> Because they, they screwed us over so badly, but they did beat the Ravens and they're seven and six. So, um, but that line's gone from Browns by six and a half to now getting a point at home. That's why it is kind of enticing to me. But it's probably it's probably the smart move to stay away. I bet I wouldn't mind yeah, seeing yeah, Nick, yeah. Mull- Nick Mullins. He's the backup to Keenum now. Ooh, oh, interesting. I, I would I would keep it around. I don't I don't mean to be dismissive. Um, no, you guys are probably right. I'm probably thinking too much on the COVID stuff. Okay. Well, we have to see how that unfolds because obviously the situation in Cleveland and, and the Rams is bad. It seemed like it got a little bit better today and the other teams, maybe now that they're maybe taking a little more precautions with daily testing. Who knows? Hopefully hopefully they're not missing like some big-time quarterbacks this week because that would just suck for the league and the viewing in general. Um, those are the Thursday and Saturday games. Bigger slate on Sunday. I don't really have anything that I love. Um Mark, do you have a game that you've circled that, that's right atop your list? Yeah, I mean, I made a top five. I'm not sure I'm like beholden to it. Um, I had uh, Denver at the top of my list, um, and this is another one of those two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I thought the trends looked great. 63% of the bets are on Cincy. 78% of the money is on Denver. Um, I, I just feel like Fangio against these uh, 
younger quarterbacks that are not mobile, uh, especially at home. He's, he's been very solid with the defense. I feel like he struggled against you know mobile quarterbacks like uh, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Um, and the other thing I was thinking, just you know, Cincinnati played this long overtime game against the 49ers last week that came down to basically the last play in overtime. Um, and now they have to go into the road to Denver, usually a you know, hostile place to play. Um, I was just thinking that's a tough spot for them. Uh, but this is one of those cover, non-cover spots where you know Denver covered last week and Cincinnati didn't. So um, that gave me a little pause. Yeah, I can definitely live with Denver. I mean, the only two red flags you already pointed out that, you know, since he's coming off of non-cover and they're a short road dog, which, you know, that's been working well. Denver's four and three against the spread at home. I like the idea that since he played a long overtime game, to your point, and is going into altitude now, and the trends favor Denver too. I, I think Denver's one of these teams that they've been pretty effective and pretty efficient, but I don't know that they really get a lot of love out there. Um, we've, you know, done pretty well on and against them, kind of timing them right. So I, I think it'd be okay going back to the well here. Yeah, I'm in on Denver. I like the what they did for us against Detroit last week. I just think that that kid Javante Williams is really coming into his own and could be like Jonathan Taylor level good next year uh, with the right quarterback behind him. And who knows, that could be Aaron Rodgers. Seems like perfect landing spot for him with, with like a ready-made offense, good line, running backs, receivers, and then a solid defense. Not sure about the coaching situation, but if he's leaving Cleveland, I don't know much of a better situation that he could he could find himself in than, than going to the Broncos. So poor Teddy will probably get kicked to the side again, but he does just enough to keep you keep you interested during the game. And then also he takes some terrible sacks. Like I got to say that mm -hmm. about him. He, he needs to learn to get rid of the fucking ball because he turned <laughs> he turns second and 10 into second and 20 into third and 22 like all the time. And it drives me crazy. So I'm sure he will do it again this week. But I don't know. Since he do you feel like they kind of maybe peaked as a team already this year? And, and with it's a great story. They're a young team on the come up and maybe next year is the year where they really make the leap. But maybe they their best football is behind them. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think I think it's a fair characterization. Um, I, I will say I feel like that that division's wide open now, especially with uh, Lamar Jackson being down for Baltimore and yeah. Cleveland's COVID situation. So, it, you know, maybe they even make a run in the playoffs this year, but I don't expect them to go too far. Yeah. I mean, these are just as we keep talking about them, like the, some of these AFC games this week are just like monsters. I mean, Chargers, Chiefs, Colts, Pats, mm -hmm. uh, Broncos, Bengals. I mean, these teams are both seven and six and Denver's going to need this game, really. I mean, they play Cincy and then the Raiders. If they get both of those, I mean, they may be in OK shape because they end with the Chargers in Kansas City. And I don't like that matchup in either one of those games. So um, they'll need this game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're in the mix. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can live with Denver. Uh, so far. All right. That's our first fave. All right. Good. Favorites last week. We didn't meant to bring that up at the top, but favorites last week also just a monster week. I think they went 10 and three against the spread overall. So even more crushing that in the super contest, we had five favorites and somehow <laughs> we had two of the two of the three that lost. Well, so. what's crazy is like we were talking about how we liked all favorites last week in, in the podcast, yep. Yep. Um, and we just thought it was so strange. Uh, but our, but our first inclination was definitely right. Yep, um, got to trust the first instincts. <laughs> we, we should also mention that the the super contest and I think the circuit contest, the top five consensus picks both went one and four last week. So to to put up a three and two in the super contest, that that's very good. I think. Yeah, and uh, those the giant spreads last week also the. The teams favored by seven or more also went seven and zero, so that was pretty crazy as well. I'm not sure if that's a trend that continues in December as these shit teams fold up the 
shop for the year. But uh, I guess a couple of them kind of maybe surprise you, like those weeks 16 and 17 back in the day. But early December might be tough when you just get eliminated from the playoffs. So who knows something to watch there. Trav, do you have anything circled the top of your board this week? Yeah, I got two games, but the one, and it's kind of feeds into what you were just saying. Um, I don't love it, but Arizona laying 13 at Detroit. I mean, Detroit's been very feisty, you know, until maybe last week, but Arizona's getting 45% of the bets, 70% of the money. Um, I don't love necessarily that they're a big fave. I mean, obviously it's Arizona. They're a very good team, so they deserve to be, but I'm more interested in them on the road. I mean, they're seven and zero against the spread on the road this year versus just two and four at home, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, the massive road fave could be unique, but maybe we got all those, you know, big road or big fave wins out of the way last weekend. Hopkins is out. I know that. I don't think it's a deal breaker here. Um, I think they can still score points. Uh, the Lions, I think, are one of the teams in enhanced protocols. I haven't followed up today, so maybe that situation's gotten better for them. But Arizona scores 28 points a game, but that's 33 on the road, and Detroit gives up almost 30 a game. So I think Arizona's going to score here regardless. Um, and I just I thought it may be a swing to take. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think it's going to be unique. I feel like that's big enough a number to maybe steer people away, especially in the contest. And then, you know, Detroit, I think, I don't know, they're eight and five against the spread on the season. I mean, that's that's a popular, uh, you know, home dog to take. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm interested, especially with Arizona coming off a loss, too. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think Detroit will be a popular contest play. I think they've been good to people all year. The one thing, I don't care about Hopkins at all. The line literally did not move when the news came out that he was going to be out for the season. So, that tells you what Vegas thinks of how he's played this year or in the last few weeks. But uh, James Conner didn't practice today. And mm. he's been a freaking monster lately. And we like gush over him on, on the text when we're watching these Cardinals games. Like he looks enormous. He's, he's making guys miss. He's catching passes. Like he's freaking awesome. So he got hurt on the final play. They kind of glossed over it. A, because Steve Levy sucks. But B, because it was like the that final Hail Mary play. And everyone just kind of ran onto the field. And he was like down on the ground. And no one even bothered to mention that that he hurt his ankle there on the last play. So that would suck, I think, if he's out because he's been great. Yeah, that that's worth monitoring. Absolutely. I think they were saying, at least in the broadcast last week, that maybe the backup running back Chase Edmonds was on the verge of coming back. I don't, I don't know what his status is for this week. Yeah, or if that piques your interest at all. No, no, I think you're right. He is back. That's a good call. Is that the kid from Fordham? Yes, is that, that one. Okay. Yeah, he burned. Burned the Giants a couple of times. Yeah, I yeah, I was I yeah. was there for the one game in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Arizona minus thirteen. I, I like most of the big faves this week. If we want to stay uh, there for a second, um, there's three games that are ten and a half, I believe. Uh, actually, no, there are eleven now in the Super Contest. But whatever, ten and a half or eleven. You got Tampa on Sunday night, home against the Saints. You have Dallas minus eleven at the Giants, and then. Buffalo minus 10 and a half against Carolina. I feel like Vegas is like after getting screwed last week, they're just like, I'm not going to succumb to any six point teasers. So they're, they're putting these games at 10 and a half, 11, probably a total trap and really square to take the favorites. I'm not sure I like any of those, but I do like Dallas minus 11 at the giants. I can't believe they're starting Glennon again. <laughs> Maybe they're going to give it to Fromm at some point in the game. I think judge only said Glennon's going to start the game. Jones is definitely not playing. Giants have some COVID stuff going on. They're done. They're so bad. Glennon's just awful. Leonard Williams is probably not going to play. He might be out for the year. So they're they're playing for a draft pick, right? I, I like Dallas here. I, that front four for Dallas was scary last week against Washington now that they're healthy. And going against that Giants offensive line, they got to be licking their chops, right, Trav? Uh, 
don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm just too close to the situation here, just from paying attention <laughs> to the Giants. Like, I, yeah, it feels like the time to just fade them and just keep going against them and hammering it. But I don't know. The minute we decide to do that, you know they're going to play tough and they're going to lose 13-10. <sighs> and it's going to be know. like, I don't know. Dak hasn't looked great, I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I love it, honestly. I like that the trends, trends favor Dallas. I think that's the only thing, though. It is another one of these going against the uh, Giants off a of non-cover, Dallas off a of cover. It's funny. I think you're so beaten down as a Giants fan that you don't like going against them or taking them. Yeah, I've, I've reached <laughs> what is apathy is worse than hate. Like, that's yeah. where I am. Because we've actually taken them three weeks in a row. They won. Yeah, they won first against the Eagles and then just absolutely stunk it up against the Dolphins and the Chargers. So I, I can't believe we've taken Glennon twice in, in each of his two starts. Come on, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I. I like. I mean, I want to see Fromm. I don't know what we're trying to prove playing Glennon. Like, what is? What are we trying to learn? Yeah, I think. I think he will get in this week if Glennon struggles. I don't know. I heard Glennon talking today. Yeah. He was like really happy they didn't. They didn't. Uh, quit down the stretch i was like all right dude you guys were down like 30 <laughs> and you threw a couple completions like whoop-de-doo um mark did you have any any side here or am i i'm no i, I, I just agree with travis if like the dallas offense and dak just haven't looked quite right and all that's true guys have been in and out um I, I do think they benefited from you know i think they got a defensive touchdown a bunch of turnovers last week you know maybe there's some reversion this week against the giants or maybe not but um that just gave me a little pause in terms of taking dallas all right, we'll move that one out. I don't need to. I don't really want to watch that game. So uh, fine with me. Um, the other big fave that I just mentioned that I like, I do kind of think it's a contest zag to take the Bucks on Sunday night. I feel like everyone thinks that Peyton plays Brady and Arians well, which he does. They they've won the three last regular season games against them, and they should have won that wild card game last year. Aside from uh, if Jared Cook doesn't fumble, who knows? Maybe Brady doesn't get that Super Bowl, but whatever. They got it done. I, I just think people will think it's sharp to take the Saints here. 65% of the bets are on New Orleans. Money is closer to 50-50. Last I checked, uh, it's like 58% New Orleans now. It was 50-50 earlier in the day. But regardless, I, I think it's a good zag to take the big favorite at home. The Bucks are just freaking awesome at home. I feel like they're going to be mad that they blew that game on Sunday and they're going to want to prove something against a, a Saints team that that's beaten them up pretty good the last couple of years. What did you think here, Trav, with your uh, your boy Tom? Yeah, I can definitely live with the Bucks here. I mean, the the uh, they're five and one this year against the spread as a ten plus point fave. So I really like that. I do think they beat up on bad teams or teams that are there for the taking. So um, I have no problem leaving them around. I don't think like the Saints are bad though. I mean, Mike, to your point, you're saying Peyton has done well against the Bucks. I mean, he's five and one against the spread in his last six. Five and one straight up against the Bucks, including that wild card game. Um, Tampa Bay, they've covered three in a row on their last offensive point of the game. Last week against Buffalo, obviously, the overtime, uh, the week before against Atlanta, and then the week before that in Indy, and that kind of crazy, crazy finish with uh, Fournette getting that run. Um, I, I'd be reluctant to take the Bucs. Um, I'm not sure I'm not sure I want to take the Saints, but given the history and the fact that you know the Saints defense seems to be finally getting healthy, I don't see why this is not a close game. I guess yeah. it's more of an anti-Saints offense bet for me because that game against the Jets was kind of close until the end. I mean, obviously, the, the defense dominated. I don't think they're going to dominate Brady like they dominated the Jets, but that's Taysom, right. Taysom sucks. And yeah. he, he has that finger. Like He had a couple throws last week where he threw it and it just like disappeared. Did you see those throws where like he threw it and it just kind of slipped out of his hand? Like He has the finger problem and he refuses to wear a glove or any sort of bandaging on it. 
and they're sticking with him for whatever godforsaken reason and they just signed him to a four-year extension so he sucks and how's he going to score more than 17 points this week yeah i mean mark you make you make uh, it's a fair pushback so maybe we need to think more closely i would just say and like the, the saints are one in five in their last six they've covered two out of their last six um i don't know i don't think they have been good necessarily and you know the one thing that the the bucks have that the jets definitely didn't have is fast linebackers and speed at that level that i think you know helps neutralize something like Taysom. but you know their secondary is banged up i'm not worried about the the saints beating them through the air but if they make it ugly enough and frustrate brady enough you know maybe so i i have you know season tickets to the jets um and I've sold them every every week this year, so I, my seats are like right below one of those video boards in like the two hundred section, um, so the middle middle tier. Uh, so, what do you think I sold my tickets for the Jets Saints game last week for? I have four <sighs> tickets. Uh, what do you think an individual ticket sold for? Did you get a uh, twenty five each? Twenty five each, exactly. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. Just just sad times. There, there's unfortunately a Jets Jaguars home game in a few weeks, <laughs> so. We might set the new record. Oh my god! You host the Bucks, go? I think, at some point, right? They do host the Bucks. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that might be That's easier. Yeah. I don't know. Or, Pack or with Brady fans, and just this 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 game in general. If anyone is going to be played by Kevin James in a movie, it should be Bruce Arians and not Sean Payton. Just want to throw that's, that out there. Mean. Can we talk about how bad of like a match that is? Like Kevin James playing Sean Payton. I'm not sure who sense. I would I would pick ahead of him, but it just Any. seems so bizarre. Yeah, uh, and I don't the trailer get it. was not not good. <laughs> not good. I didn't even know Taylor Lautner was still acting either. So you're pairing Kevin James and and that guy together. He was in all those Twilight movies. I think he dated dated Taylor Swift for a hot second. But uh, and, and why a movie about Sean Payton? I don't get it. Like it's not like he's had he's had this like really interesting career. Did you see? Did sense. you did you watch the trailer? I actually didn't watch the trailer. No, because 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 the, the story is actually so they're the approach that they're taking is the year that he's suspended, he goes and helps out coaching his son's high school team. Oh, okay. So like that's okay. the focus of it, and it it but it looks like I don't know the Mighty Ducks kind of you know it's like yeah they're hilariously uh, bad, which is like how how is that possible? But, but isn't it funny that they're like making a Disneyification of like a situation where he was suspended because of bounty <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gate and trying to like yeah. kill other NFL players? Like <laughs> it's, it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, Sean, you know, you're suspended, yeah. but come have fun with these. Go kids. get into the hijinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at all these fat kids running around that don't know how to play football. Uh, yeah. So oh. between yeah, that they, and, they, the, and the Kurt Warner movie, just who is good at writing these? I don't get it no. whatsoever. God. Wait, there's no. a Kurt Warner movie too? Oh, my oh God. yeah, you got to watch the trailer for this. It's starring uh, like Zachary Levi and uh, Anna Paquin's in it. It's Kurt Warner's wife. Somebody funny is playing uh, Dick Vermeil. I forget <laughs> who it is. Is this a, a Disney movie or no? Well, it's like a real movie. It's coming. It's called American Underdog. You know, it's, it'll get the whole thing of him throwing the toilet paper in the. I mean, his story is more store. much more interesting. I think. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Quaid is Dick Vermeil. Um, Interesting. I mean, the marketing budget for that. I mean, I've seen trailers for that movie for like three months, and it looks like they spent more on marketing than actually making the yeah. movie, based on what I saw. Um, I don't know. The football scenes look really cringeworthy. Oh, they look so like, bad. Really bad. Oh, I'm Trav, excited. Did, did, did you see the article Mike sent around today about 
the NFL coaching look like? Like what actors would pay, play? No, which, I haven't clicked on it yet. Oh this my is god! Good. Yeah, it's good. There's some good ones. We, we should just tease it for the the podcast listeners. So they had <laughs> uh, my favorite was Bill Burr playing uh, uh, Doug McDermott. The Doug Sean McDermott. McDermott. Sean McDermott. Yes, Sean, yeah, Buffalo. it's perfect. Oh my god! <laughs> Dougie McBucket's getting a shout out too. And then, of course, Omar Epps doing Mike Tomlin. I mean, everybody knows yeah, that obviously. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Jack Black as Mike McCarthy was pretty good. I thought that one made me laugh the most, especially if you've seen the way Jack Black looks these days. So, um, Did they have James just... Earl Jones for, D- for Dave Cully or no? Did they not listen <laughs> to me on that one? I don't even know if they wow. listened to me. They didn't list Cully, but that's perfect. Yeah, I think he was the only coach that didn't list. <laughs> Poor Cully. That guy just gets ignored everywhere. Um Mark, you mentioned McDermott, by the way, if we get back on track. Do you guys have any interest in in the bill in the Bills minus ten and a half after that heartbreak at home? The Panthers are awful. Walker sucks, Newton sucks, Rule might suck. But there's just something really wrong or off with that Bills team. They played so bad up until the fourth quarter of that game. I don't know if I can trust them as ten and a half point favorites at home, but it does seem like a spot for them to to blow a team out in the cold at one o'clock against a, a team that's probably kicking it towards next year. Any thought there uh, since we don't really love Dallas or Tampa Bay? Uh, I, I was thinking maybe Carolina, but you know how that goes with me. Uh, you know, I thought maybe if, if Sam Darnold's coming back, you know, yeah, he's, he's, played, a decent, he's played so well in Buffalo. He, well, I was thinking like actually using him and Cam together, like Cam short yardage stuff, Sam kind of passing the ball a little bit. Um, I, and I do think Carolina's defense is still decent. Um, I know they haven't played well as of late. Uh, they but, got shredded last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it'd be hard to stomach, so I'm fine to stay away. Okay. Yeah, no nothing thoughts. else on that one? No. All right. no. All right, I, so mean, I, just, I just went and looked back. And I mean, Cam, Bills beat the Pats last year 24-21, but then they beat them like 39-6 to or something in the other game. I don't know. Okay. All right, big faves. Not loving them this week. That's fine. Scar tissue from last week. They're probably not all going to hit this week as they did last week either and taking the giants or the panthers is pretty we we like the biggest one though arizona minus 13 that's true you're right all right fine we got one great um there's one more that's over 10 and this one's probably a stay away because i don't think the dolphins have any business being favored by 10 over anybody but it is the jets i like this game much more when it, it was at like six earlier in the week or on sunday so dolphins minus 10 is there any part of you that wants to take the jets this week mark they're, they're just terrible but no maybe. i was actually thinking about maybe grabbing the dolphins i thought maybe the big number would scare people off um flores 2-0 against the spread off a bye um i, I just I, I don't understand or see how the jets can score uh you know they're gonna be without both Corey davis elijah moore um and zach wilson has let's be honest he's looked atrocious uh, i feel like you know flores coaching the defense against him he has no chance um, you know, maybe he gets hurt and, you know, Flacco comes in and gets the back door. So I guess that's a risk we might, you'd have to deal with with taking Miami, but, um, I don't understand why this game's not like 20 to nothing or even 16 to nothing and, and Dolphins just cover easily. Yeah, I think I could live with that. I mean, the Jets are only one and three against the spread as a dog at 10 or more this year. So they, they've gotten blown out in a lot of these games. The, it was a month ago, Miami was only a four point home favorite over Houston, which, I don't know what the look ahead line was for this Jets game, but that just seemed odd to me. Like this has just shifted so far away from these bad teams. But yeah, I don't know. I consider leaving Miami around. I think it could be unique. I think that game's going to definitely fly under the radar. I think, um, which I like. So, be all okay. right. 
Do you guys think Miami has a chance to make the playoffs potentially? I don't know the rest of their schedule, but you know they're six and seven right now. Assuming they win this week, they're seven and seven. I don't know what they got to get to if it's nine or ten wins. You want to do 10. the Francesa schedule breakdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's no, they got the Jets, so they actually really need this game because then they go at New Orleans on a Monday night. I don't know they, if you're giving them a win there. Well, based on the way you guys are talking about the Saints, it'd be an easy win. But <laughs> <laughs> then, then they go at Tennessee and then home for the Pats in Week 18. Okay, so, that's two. That's two losses probably. If they're going to have yeah. any prayer, they got to win this one and get back to seven and seven. AFC is in much better shape than the NFC too. So, you is it possible games. that Week 18 game the Pats could have the number one seed locked up? I know I'm getting way ahead of myself. It's possible. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. Their their schedule, I don't think, was very good. Maybe it was the Bucks I was looking at. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, they they go Jacksonville and Miami to to wrap up the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I keep Miami around. Uh, that's a game nobody wants to watch. Miami Jets. One of my favorite plays. We'll, we'll round out the Florida group since we already talked about Tampa and Miami, but I love Jacksonville minus three and a half <laughs> against Houston. No one in their right mind is taking this game. Urban Myers kicking players. He's, <laughs> he's sullenly and sleepwalking across the field to shake Mike Vrabel's hand. Just an utter train wreck, but Houston's terrible. Houston beat them earlier in the year in week one, and, and that was a good win for us on the opener, but feel like Jacksonville is going to win one of these games down the stretch. They have this one. And then, like you said, Mark, they, they go to New York, New York to play the Jets. So this game is a complete toss up. Davis Mills is terrible. I feel like the Jacksonville defense is at least like decent. They only gave up 20 points last week to the Titans. Can they score like 10 to 14 and win this one? I, I just feel like everyone's going to think, oh, you're getting points with Houston. That's great. But we, we've been down that road with Houston recently, and it's not pretty. So am I crazy here for wanting the Jags? Should we stay away? What do you guys think? I think it's a nice swing if we're looking to put games in the Circa that are kind of swing and miss games. What do you guys think? I think Josh Lambeau is lucky that Urban didn't try and stick a knuckle <laughs> up his butt. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> the trends are good on Jacksonville. I when you said it, I wanted to puke, so it probably means it's a good idea. Yeah. It's up I, to four now. It's up to four. Really? I, I'm actually kind of intrigued just, just strictly from the trends and, and the fact that, you know, there's all this media uproar. Nobody's going to take it. Somebody tweeted, uh, which I thought was funny, that Trevor Lawrence should pull a uh, a mox from Varsity Blues and say, the only way we're going back out on that field is without you, Urban. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rookie quarterback on the road, like you know, Davis Mills sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they did kind of hang with Seattle last week for a little bit, but I don't. That's probably just because Seattle is pretty terrible too. I, I feel like this is a is a fun game to have. It could, that, that urban uh, Rabel handshake is incredible. <laughs> I, I watched that probably fifty times. <laughs> He's such a dick. <laughs> like, is Urban just like that shell shocked? Like. And he's like he, losing all these games. I, I don't get it. He's miserable. He's a miserable yeah. man. Oh God! Screw him. Um. All right. I feel like I can convince you guys on Saturday to throw that in in one of these. So I'm going to leave it around. I don't really have you guys. Denver was on my list. We mentioned them. Dallas. We're uh. Oh, Philly. I think I liked Philly. 
it's seven now, minus seven against Washington. Washington's obviously ravaged by COVID. Heineke's banged up. The backup quarterback, Kyle Allen, is on the COVID list. So if Heineke has to go down again, I forget who those backups were, but they were some names that were hilariously awful. So just thought it was a good spot for for Philly's defensive line to, to dominate kind of like Dallas's did. Yeah, Kyle Shermer. That's right. Kyle Shermer the third. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Minus seven is probably too square. So maybe it's more of a stay away. But I, I like Cincinnati. I kind of feel like Washington had their peak and, and we wrote it for a while, but they might just be dead in the water now. What do you think here, Mark? Uh, I didn't really have any many notes on this. I feel like it's just, you know, with the COVID stuff, I, I can't judge this Washington team, but um, I'd probably lean Philly. Yeah, I think I, I like Philly in general, not necessarily this week, but because I like them, I mean, I could definitely consider playing them. I just think they have kind of the recipe that makes them tough to play against. So I don't yeah. know. I, I can live with it. I'm trying to look up quickly what Rivera's done against the division since he's been in, in Washington. The frustrating part is that last week, we you know before Washington lost to Dallas, this this line was only Philly by one and a half. So I would have loved that. But well, that, maybe that's yeah, it's I mean, I guess the COVID stuff, but it's just a so much movement. Yeah. It's a little too concerning for me. Can um, I throw one out? Yeah. I'm so I don't know. I just just to, for discussion, I guess Tennessee laying one and a half at Pittsburgh. Um I don't know. I, I just I wonder if people are putting any stock in Pittsburgh coming back against Minnesota and then feeling like, oh, they had a chance to cover and they look good doing it. But we know Minnesota lives to give games like that away. So <laughs> I just don't put much stock in it. Um, they're still one, three and one in their last four. And Tomlin is five and eight as a dog this year. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a toss up line. I think Tennessee is going to win the game. So I like to take them. Um you know, they shut out Jacksonville last week and we discussed the game last week, you know, more on the grounds of Tennessee's defense kind of being, you know, very strong despite the offensive injuries and some of the stuff that they go through. So, you know, if that still holds, I think that defense can play very well against Pittsburgh. Um, and with a line that tight, I know it's kind of, kind of maybe square, but yeah, I just wanted to throw it back out. The The biggest thing that worries me is like a Ben Swan song game here as we get into the last month of his Steelers career, presumably. I like the Titans. I, don't, I think they're just better. And uh, I think I sent you guys a stat earlier this week that uh, in his career as Titans head coach, Vrabel is 7-0 and the week after he plays the Jags. So oh, yeah. they yeah. get to <laughs> test some stuff out, have a nice relaxing victory, not too strenuous, and uh, get back to business the following week. So I'm in. I, I'm guessing you might lean the Steelers here, though, Mark? Uh, I was, but you know, I think Tennessee is clearly the superior team. Um, I, I was just thinking that the trends kind of look interesting for Pittsburgh. Um, you know, it's a Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh uh, didn't cover last week. Tennessee did one of those situations, and then Pittsburgh is just six, six and one. I, I was just thinking maybe it's like a you know kitchen sink situation where they're just going to pull out all the stops. But um, I, I have no qualms backing Rabel, Rabel and the Titans. Yeah, you say that, but it, I, f- I feel like if. If I'm lining this upright, I feel like every team in the AFC North is going to lose this week. If if Cleveland gets ravaged by COVID and then we think the Bengals are going to lose in Denver, Ravens are home for the Packers. We can talk about that next. So like all these yeah, teams, are right. yeah. Sorry. This division just kind of sucks now. Um, maybe Huntley <laughs> will go win it. <laughs> yeah, I'd leave Tennessee around, but we are loving way too many favorites this week. So. That worries me after what favorites did last 
last week, but kind of with COVID, I, it makes me want to lean towards taking the favorite. Just if you're, if you're down a few guys, at least trust the the team that's better and on a higher trajectory this year. So I don't know, something that was in the back of my mind. Mark, did you have any dogs that you like that are left? Yeah, I have uh, one dog. Um, it's going to be tough. Uh, I like the Bears plus <sighs> four at home against Minnesota. Um, for what it's worth, I mean, you know, there was a frustrating game last week against the Packers. You know, the Bears benefited from a lot of special teams uh, luck. Uh, but Nagy, for whatever reason, has owned, owned Zimmer and the Vikings. He's 6-1 and one straight up in his career. Uh, the Bears are 6-2 and two against the spread at first Minnesota in their last eight. Um, I don't know. I feel like people are just counting them out again and Minnesota coming off a win last week, somewhat riding high. I know the game got close at the end last week against Steelers, but, um, I don't know. It's a divisional home dog. Uh, maybe a swan song for Nagy and the bears, but curious what you guys think. Sure. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I mean, the frustrating part is I think two weeks ago, I remember when it wasn't to be on third, just last Thursday when we were watching this Vikings blow that stupid game against Pittsburgh and they held on for us. We were like, we got to take them against the bears in two weeks or take the bears. I'm sorry, against the Vikings. Cause they're going to crumble Kirk in prime time again. He was awful in that Pittsburgh game. Just awful. Uh, obviously had that, that nice touchdown throw, but God, he just makes so many dumb plays. Uh, I just wish we didn't take the bears this past Sunday. So that kind of clouds us from, uh, Wanted to go back to the well, but I think we got to do it. I think you're right. It's the right move. Uh, throw them under. Sorry, it's another another like cover and uncover situation. I think we've taken Zimmer in these games in Chicago too, and gotten screwed. Even I feel like there was a Cordero Patterson game where he screwed us on a Monday night or a Thursday night when we had the Vikings as as road favorites. So yeah, I think you're right. The Bears do play these games well. It's going to be cold on that Monday night. I looked up the weather. It's going to be probably in the 20s. So Primetime Kirky out cold. I just worry that Dalvin Cook's going to run all over this shitty. The Bears defense is terrible. Uh, God, Nagy sucks. Why did he punt on fourth and one? It's <laughs> it's indescribable. It's inexcusable. I don't know what to say. I, I was really mad about the uh, when the Packers muffed that punt and they said the the Bears special team player, you know, the gunner, didn't. You know, run right back in bounds. Like it I thought that did. was insane. And then they showed the clip from earlier in the game with the Packers on the flip side of it, where the guy was running through the fucking bench down the sideline, like 40 yards and they didn't call it. I, I thought that call was terrible in a vacuum. No team gets better uh, officiating from the officials than, than the Packers at home. Yeah. yeah. It's like uncanny right. every year. I mean, the, the Lions game a couple years ago, that Monday night game, I don't know if you remember that sticks out. Nah, it seemed yeah. like there was some home cooking in that game on Sunday night. We got screwed. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, we got to go back to the Bears. Speaking of the Packers, what, what do you guys think about them minus five and a half in Baltimore? I kind of feel like I just want to keep taking Rodgers the rest of the year, <laughs> like this giant fuck you tour on his way out of the Green Bay. Like he's doing it like to spite the fans, almost being so good, like because he's mad that they all turn on him before the season, and he knows he's leaving, and it's just like a giant spite season for him. So I love it. I mean. I saw that the Ravens just signed Josh Johnson off the Jets practice squad, so they must know that that something's not right with Lamar if you're bringing in JJ. Uh, but obviously, square shit. I just Cleveland's. I mean, uh, sorry, Green Bay's just awesome right now. Uh, what do you think, Trev? Same. Everything you said, I agree with. It's totally square, but it's, I think it's 
maybe okay. I just don't get what it's why it's not seven. It's five and a half points. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, we might get in some value. Anything under a touchdown. It's Packers crazy. are just awesome. Like they're so just really good. good. Um, yeah. Anything Baltimore left? plays uh, Cincinnati next week. I thought maybe a look at spot for them too. Yeah. <clears throat> and Baltimore is kind of sitting pretty at eight and five. They can afford to lose this game and then just get right back to it in the division and and take care of business and get get healthier. Um, or healthy as they can get with all the injuries that they've suffered this year. Uh, I think the only thing left are the uh, Rams, Seahawks, two teams we hate. Rams are minus four and a half at home against Seattle. Rams obviously having a a big COVID situation. Otherwise, I think this line would be a lot higher. I don't want to take anything from what Seattle did against Houston. I don't really love either of these sides. I feel like if we take Seattle, they'll let us down. And lose the COVID game anyway. What any thoughts here, Mark? You? Nah, I pass. Okay, Trav, pass. Well, yeah, I, I pass. I don't really want to take it, but what's going to happen is we're not going to talk about it. And then Seattle's going to cover, and we're going to be like, why didn't we talk about it? Um, I don't know. I, I do like going back and forth with the Rams. I still think they're overrated. Thank God we avoided them last week with that crazy fishy line um, with Arizona. But now, I mean, I, I think Seattle has just been. I know they've been atrocious, but. We're not going to take it, but I just I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy. Seattle, Seattle, yeah. Okay, yeah, but you don't even have to say you're keeping around. I'm just if we come running for a dog and the no no we can situation worsens, maybe we could reconsider. But put it in the dog bin. That's fine. Maybe there's like a a Ewing theory with Jamal Adams being out that the defense will be better, and they're not trying to like Hmm. hide how terrible he is. That well, that wouldn't. Exactly, be the Ewing theory. Um, <laughs> uh, whatever. Somehow, Seattle, they're still 17 in DVOA. Pretty good, considering they're just wretched. There, uh, there is one of these teams in DVOA every year where you're like, no, just doesn't make yeah. any sense. But it's still Minnesota at 12 for me this year. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Saints still 13, by the way. So It's the oh. defense, right? The defense is just good. Uh well, we should talk about the, the last game. I mean, Atlanta somehow is still 32 in DVOA. <laughs> no, nothing, they, no matter how many games they win, they're six and seven. They can't pass Detroit, Jack. I, I watch Houston. the fucking Jets every week. I, I don't understand how the Jets wouldn't be below Atlanta. It makes um, no sense. It makes me bizarre. hate DVOA even more. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Atlanta plus nine at San Francisco. We've, we, we're just not good at San Francisco, so... <laughs> I feel like we're biased either one way or the other each week and it's never the right the right way. We should listen to Mark last week and taking them, although that was no easy cover either. So no. um I don't know. I have you're probably supposed to take the Falcons there. I d I don't know if I can anymore with them. I just wish they hadn't covered last week. If they hadn't covered last week, I would be yeah. banging the table, I think, for the Falcons, but I agree. I can stay away there. Let's keep Seattle around as a dog, though. You're right, Trev. That's that's a dog that that we should probably play. It's the ones that make us really want to puke, like Seattle, Jacksonville, Chicago, the Giants. <sighs> we can't take the Giants. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I mean, so be, we're, before last week, the the home dogs in NFC East divisional games were six and zero against the spread, or seven zero against the spread with six straight out, out outright winners. Yeah. 
Giants got blown out in Dallas earlier this year. I think Jones got hurt in that game, and Glennon actually played some of the game. Tony had like, I think that was his that big game. He had like 10 catches for like 200 yards, but no Tony again this week. He's got COVID and he's hurt. Um, I don't know. The, I can't get no, behind anything the Giants can't. are doing we right can't. now. I can't. Uh, so that leaves us with, let's see, favorites. We have Denver, Arizona, Miami, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay, maybe Tampa Bay, maybe Philly. And then dogs, we were looking at the Bears, the Seahawks, and perhaps, uh, and the Pats, and then perhaps Cleveland if we wanted to get involved on that early game. I think if we want to play the early game on Saturday, we do have to get our picks in by Friday. If we want to play the Patriots game, which is at eight, everything's normal. So normal deadlines. So another reason to maybe stay away from Cleveland. But uh, anything in that group stand out to you guys? Bucks and Pats. <laughs> Bucks and Pats. Uh, let's point out Hockley doing the Seahawks Rams. So should take the road team there, right? Yeah, he's he's. Dynamic. I haven't followed up, but he was at one point I think nine and one with the road team. So yeah, he's been off for a couple of weeks. I think we've we've noted um, full slate this this week. So all our our favorite officials are out and in, in force. We got Nova Kane on Monday night for Vikings Bears, so just get mentally prepared because <sighs> we're definitely taking the Bears. He was so bad. He was the Bucks, uh, Bills, right? God, yeah. he was awful. So bad. Scott Novak on our shit list forever. Uh, Jerome's doing Cowboys Giants, so stay away. Where's uh, Torber at? Because he, he's he's fallen on my uh, yeah my list. Doing Jets Dolphins. Monday. Jets Dolphins. Yeah. Mm. Um. The chef, what, Carl Sheffer, is doing Pat's Colts on Saturday night. I feel good about that. What about our guys, Hussey and Vinovich? Hussey's doing Saints Bucks. I like to have Hussey in prime time. I like um, that. Hussey's kind of flown under the radar here in the last month or so. He has. Um, Vinovich, I think. He may be somehow. off. They do have an extra crew. Yeah, so yeah he's off this week. Off. Bill gets the week off. Clay Martin doing Falcons 49ers. Great. Uh, Land Clark doing Cardinals Lions, so he's going to be calling holding penalties on the Cardinals. <laughs> Unimpressed look on his face. Uh, I'm already excited, but the good thing is that Gus Johnson and Akib Talib are calling the Cardinals Lions game, so they're back this week now that college football is over. So they only call Lions games. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am very excited that they're back with the full slate. Who do you guys, where do you guys think Chris Myers and, and Moose are this week? Because the Giants have just been getting so much Myers and Moose. Just so much. I'm so sick of them. We also get a lot of Mark Schlereth. It's either, th- those are the only two announcing teams we've had for like 10 weeks. So that's a clue to, it's. Wait, wait, what's the question? Where do you think, uh, sorry, I got on a Schlereth tangent. Where do you think uh, Chris Myers and Moose are? The stink game of the week. Uh, you want to go first, Trev? Um, it's a weird one. Carolina Buffalo. No, that's you get the Kenny Albert Vilma there. Mm. Wait, they're not. Are they doing Giants Dallas? Did, did, no, that's uh, we get Mark Schlereth again with Adam Amin. Yeah. They've done. I think they've done the Giants three weeks in a row, and before that, we had Chris Myers and Moose for. Like three weeks in a row. 
is I'm a so meme not of... in protocol because Stacy King is. <laughs> I guess he's fine. Okay. Uh, what are they doing? What are they doing? It's kind of it's weird. Be, it's kind of weird. It's got to be uh, Eagles football team. No, that is a uh, Kugler and Sanchez. Green Bay, Baltimore. That is uh that's Buck and Aikman. Okay. I feel like we went through every Fox game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm... It's uh it's Seahawks Rams. Oh wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then uh <laughs> yeah, Buck and Aikman, that the Packers Ravens is the marquee game of the week. So I'm sure they're dying for Lamar to play in that one. Was... So is that game at four o'clock? Yeah. Or at four twenty? Okay. Yeah. It's in the middle of my screen, so I didn't know what time it was. And then uh Nance and Romo are doing Titan Steelers at one. And uh nothing else. So is there a really shitload of four o'clock games this week? No, there's only four, but there's two on Saturday. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm looking because Baltimore Green Bay, I thought they typically it's by time on the well, whatever. I got it. One, two, three, four, five. So there's seven one o'clock games and four at four. Got it. Okay. And then this is the last Thursday night game. And then next week, I think there's two games on Saturday, which is Christmas Day, and then a full slate on Sunday. Uh, it sucks. So, this is the last Thursday night game. Yeah, I know. Very sad. And then I think we, we do have Saturday football for the next yeah. three weeks, too. So that's something to look forward to. Including right. some mine. Well, the, the college games, I guess, New Year's Eve will be on Friday, right? So yeah, those will be of minor importance. A little bit for you. A little distracting. So, uh, Home Dogs Pod at Home Dogs Pod on Twitter. We'll get our picks out to you on Saturday since we are sitting out Thursday this week, sadly. But uh, I'm sure we'll get involved, but I'm not sure which side I'm going to take just yet. Maybe we'll tweet out some picks on Thursday night to let you know which way we're leaning in a Chiefs charter since it's a fun game. But uh, Mark, Trav, I went back up on trivia last week, so I got to get back back on top. Yeah. Um, let me just recap the the listener trivia from last week. Um, I had teed it up and said, you know, Geno Smith had ended both Eli Manning's uh, 222-game starting streak and Russell Wilson's 166-game starting streak by replacing both those guys as a, as a backup quarterback. I asked the listeners, who is the only other quarterback to break two separate quarterbacks' 100-plus game starting streak? Um, I got a couple in-person answers, and I, I know Ian... Uh, tweeted us or texted us, Ian Halvers in front of the program, uh, Matt Schaub, um, which was the correct answer. Matt Schaub replaced Joe Flacco in 2015 and Matt Ryan in 2019. Um, kind of crazy. Matt Schaub was also the answer to last week's question of who was the last quarterback to throw three uh, pick sixes in three consecutive games. Um, so so now go. can you become... The first person to ask a match of trivia question in three consecutive weeks. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, moving on to you guys this week. Um, this is kind of a, a random one. Uh, so I, I was going to ask you what player has recorded the most touches in an NFL season, meaning, you know, catches or, uh, you know, running carries rather um but you know the first person is, is a running back called james wilder who, who played for the tampa bay, tampa bay bucks in the 1980s and set the record in 1984 um but i'm asking you who has accumulated the second most touches in the nfl season hmm. 
Um, and just just a quick aside on James Wilder because I, I was checking. I had never heard this name before. I'm not sure if either of you guys had. No. Um, but apparently in this 1984 season, he was 16 yards short of the, at the time, the most combined rushing and receiving yards in a season. Um, and in the final game, in the final minute against the Jets in the 1984 season, uh, the Bucks literally let the Jets score. So the Bucks <laughs> offense could get back on the field with a minute left. Um, and apparently it's like one of the strangest plays in NFL history. Uh, the Bucks were fine for this play. Uh, you know, after the game, um, but apparently, I guess he didn't get the 16 yards he needed to uh, break the record. Unfortunately, <laughs> so, it's great. That's fortunate for James Wilder. All right, so number two, I'm thinking it's got to be more old school when they used to just pound guys into oblivion. Uh, but maybe not. I'm gonna say Edger and James. Edger and James is number five on the list. Mm. It's a nice guess. I would have said Marshall Falk. Uh, I don't see Marshall Falk in the top six. I have the top six in front of me right now. <clears throat> Edge James hit in 2000 with the, with the Colts. Mm. Tony Dorsett? Uh, nope, not Tony. Tomlinson? Tomlinson, number four, 2002 season with the, the San Diego Chargers at the age of 23. Edge James, 22 when he did it. Adrian Peterson? EP, not in the top five. Marcus Allen? Nope. Priest Holmes? Uh, nope, not Priest Holmes. Chris Johnson? Uh, nope, not Chris Johnson. Marcus Allen was number seven, by the way. I got the full lesson for me now. <clears throat> um. Jerome Bettis? Nah. Brian Mitchell? Uh no. Not Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell, the Washington or Eagles? Played for both. Thinking, yeah, no, I was thinking uh, the running back. I'm the, you know, it's not even the guy I'm no, thinking of that I'm uh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 You're thinking no. of Westbrook? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. I'm not gonna guess him. It's, it's not Westbrook, so I'll okay. save you a guess. Uh, most touches. Uh, Robert Smith? Uh, nope, not Robert Smith. It's definitely Vikings a running, running back, back, right? It is a running back. Okay. So you guys have gotten Edge James and LaDainian Tomlinson in the top five, and then we have James Wilder. It's number one, obviously. The infamous... So we're missing two others in the top five, one of them, which is the answer. Garrison Hurst. Love that fucking guess. It's it's not Garrison, but really love that guess. Uh 
just had it and it went away. Jamal Lewis? Mm. Not Jamal Lewis. Another another nice guess. Matt Forte. Not Forte. These are all great guesses. Forte's in the top one hundred. <laughs> wow, top one hundred. <laughs> I don't know. That's, okay. Uh Jamal Lewis was number twenty seven. That's pretty good. Uh we're gonna need a clue soon, probably. I'm uh, kinda surprised to be honest. I, I, Emmett Smith? Uh no, it's not Emmett Smith. He is a he's a number ten. Okay. What's interesting is, is all the guys in the top ten uh did it be before they were twenty seven years old, so they're all twenty six, twenty six and under. Does this count special teams touches? Uh I don't know. I suppose it, it could, but it, I'd say it's predominantly mm. running receiving. I don't think this is right, but Tiki? Uh, it's not Tiki. Where is he on here? But he's got a season up here. 32. Barry Sanders? Barry is not the right answer. Oh. Um, is he in the top? Wow. 75. I wouldn't have guessed that. Terrell Davis. It's not Terrell Davis. Another good guess. That was my next guess. Uh, man, we're pounding through running backs. Amon Green? Terrell Davis, number 24. Uh, not Amon Green. Amon <laughs> <laughs> Green, number 37. Ricky Waters. Not Ricky Waters. Ricky wow. Williams. Ricky Williams, number eight. Mm. 2003 Dolphins. Okay. We're running out. You guys want hints? Did I do I have to give a I have to give a guess right and then Mike you can get a hint. Um Okay. Roger Craig? Not Roger Craig. So we're looking for Give who, us a decade. Who has accumulated the second most touches in an NFL season? The decade is 2000 to 2010. The aughts. Okay. The aughts. And the person in third place is also in the same decade. Okay. Actually, four of the top five are all in this decade. Uh, both Tomlinson and Edge James were, were in the same decade. Kind of interesting. What about a Mr. Larry Johnson? Yeah. Nailed it. Wow. Larry Johnson. 2006 season with the Chiefs, 416 carries for seven, uh, 1,789 yards and 41 catches for 410 yards, combined 457 touches. Nice, tied up. What's crazy is Wilder had 492 touches, so he beat him by a fair margin. That's insane amount of touches. Who was uh, a third place guy? The third place guy was Eddie George. Eddie. Surprised he didn't say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll do finish the top 10. DeMarco Murray, number six, which is kind of surprising. That 2014 season with Dallas. Marcus Allen, you guys said. Ricky Williams, you guys said. And then Eric Dickerson, number nine. And Emmett Smith, number 10. Hmm. Interesting. Good stuff. The Chiefs, like, just from a fantasy perspective, going back to back from Priest Holmes to Larry Johnson, just like yeah. monster running backs. Yep. In that, Phenomenal. In, in that early fantasy era when we were all getting into it, they were just complete studs. 
Yeah. Phenomenal. And not Phenomenal. too far after. What, what year did Larry Johnson do it? 2006. Yeah. I guess it was in a couple of years. Cause then Jamal Charles was. Oh, right. Yeah. Jamie Chaz. He was a stud guy. Yeah. Good question. It's, what's crazy is that, that Derrick Henry's 2020 season, you know, last year where he, he came out with all those touches, it was, he was 48th on the list. Yeah. He's crazy. Catching I mean, the ball. Yeah. Well, and just running backs nowadays, you just, you know, you're not carrying the ball 30 times a game. Yeah, definitely. Like, like you were back then, I guess. Yeah. Even like a, it's like a lot to just get 20 carries now in a game. Yeah. Nobody gets it's unheard carries. of. It's like 18 usually for the lead back on each team. It'd be like whoever leads. Hmm. It's a passing league. All right. Um, all right. Let me send the listeners out with one. Uh, you know, we saw Taylor Heineke get swarmed by that Cowboys pass rush last week. Um, even Kyler Murray was, was beat up a few times by Aaron Donald and the Rams on Monday night. Uh, my question for the listeners, what quarterback has been sacked the most times in NFL history? And maybe, or maybe not, it is, uh, Matt Schaub, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. I feel like you've asked a similar question, but maybe not this one. But you know, you're the trivia master. So most sacks in NFL history, which quarterback's been sacked the most time? Tweeted us at Home Dogs Pod. We'll get our picks out to you on Saturday. Gotta have a better week than last week. Even if we lose, I just don't want heartbreaking losses. I can't. I, can, my, I just can't take it anymore. So uh, <laughs> need some some more uplifting football to watch this weekend. That's all I ask for. Week fifteen, four weeks left. Can't believe it. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>